Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. It is amazing that every day I open Instagram and I see your face. Well, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mostly a curse. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the curse thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yours. I just see yours in real life. Yeah, that's enough, right? That's enough. And you're you're floating around every once in a while. Yes. I sometimes see you on YouTube. You don't understand a word, I guess. No, no, no. My German's okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, never he trash talks you the whole video. <laughs> <laughs> you never see it. No, no, no. I get it. But you do speak fast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Not as fast as my brother-in-law, but you, you speak fast. <laughs> anyway. Joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Joanna Bueno. Hello. Matt Froelich. Hey. And Nico Hamer. Hey. As ever, should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails. And uh, since it's International Week... Oh, no, wait, hold on. Before we get into that, before, we will get into that in a second. Last week, you were best friends with Kepa and Batshuayi. Yes. Still going strong? Yeah, yeah, we're going to meet at the pub this weekend. Okay. Well, they'd be yeah, not like they even yeah. this weekend. Uh, but it turns out Nico is now be- has a new best friend, Serge Gnarby. Yes, I uh, had the honor to interview him for the Germany Kit Lounge. Yeah, and it's actually actually was interesting because um, I randomly met Serge Gnarby when he was twelve years old and actually played football against him, even though I was like five six years old on just a random pitch near Stuttgart because he was living next to a good friend of mine who had visited there from time to time. How did you know it was Serge Gnabry? <laughs> because we talked. <laughs> he told me, yeah, I'm Serge. And then, I'm Serge. And then afterwards, I obviously, obviously followed him because like three years later, he got he transferred to Arsenal. And yesterday, when we met again... Um, so we he had recognized this, you? He's a super nice dude. No, he recognized you? That is that is a sorry exactly he did so he What? was coming out for the interview and the PR agent from DFB is like yeah these guys are from football and he looks at me he said I know and I know the dude too <laughs> oh shit yeah yeah and so I started the interview by asking him so why don't you tell the story how we met from your perspective and he did and it was actually hilarious yeah. did he like kick your ass at 12 years old yes oh, I can imagine <laughs> absolutely he was quick I was quick when I was 18 I swear to God I was quick he so was he quicker. was 12 you were 18 Some, and he was roughly and he was still better than yes. you yes <laughs> I think you know Levels I was, I was stronger yeah. obviously a yeah. bit taller so I had that going but when it comes to like technique did you just sort of run over and push him off the ball I'm with not two gonna, hands? I don't remember too much of the, the matches we played but it, it sounds like, like me yeah and you just randomly met him on the pitch in Stuttgart yeah He was 12 years. He was living right next door of my of a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. I actually visited him like every other week or so. Mm-hmm. And they, he was very close with his sisters. So, Ganarvi's sister. Yeah. So okay. no, um, the Nabri was close with the sisters of my friend. Ah. So he was okay. basically coming in and out the house anytime. So that's he was like part of the family there. And is he a good dude? Absolutely brilliant dude. Wow. I did study in the same school as Juan that he used to play in the defense of Brazil you know in Bayer Leverkusen mm-hmm. one year older than me so we're not in the same class but it's I was, as good as the story that's because I was just about to slag you off for not having any uh, famous friends not like these two friends <laughs> yeah. well you know I, I spent all my life saying that I studied in the same school as he did but mm. you know and I think he's, he's still playing or something with 41, no he retired right? the beginning of this year ah okay yeah, okay. yeah at 39 because I remember looking it up and was like he, he's still going yeah oh, Jesus I don't remember him he made my team of the decade 
Now, Nico. Nico, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Too late. Nico. I'm sorry, people. Uh, so, like I said, it's International Week. There's no good football to talk about. So, we're going to start off with a podca- uh, this podcast with a question from Vihan, who asks, uh, which footballer or footballers would you like to be roommates with? Ooh, that's a great question. Do you mean, wait, are we talking like roommates on an away trip or you're literally living with them like no, all the time? No, I, I think you're living with them and... Oh, so, oh, okay. 100% wow. Gareth Bale. They're emptying the dishwasher. So, so Gareth, Bale. Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Because, look, if you do not have a single clue what's going on in your club, in the country you live in and the country you're from, mm. There must be something else interesting going on in your life, and I want to see what that golf. is. Golf. Ooh, it's golf. Yeah, you'd never just see it. golf? It's just golf. Yeah, it's pretty Well, then I have the room for myself, so that's cool. Or the apartment. Really? Garth Bale? He'd be I, the I take last person. No, man. No, it, be up it, it depends. If you're in like... Depends what stage of, I think it depends what stage of life you're yeah, at Yeah, if you're at like uni, then Balotelli's your best flatmate. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so much fun. <laughs> If you're like older and you're sick of nonsense and like fireworks going off in your kitchen mm-hmm. at three in the morning, then it's not Balotelli. It's then it's da- Tony Cruz. Yeah, Tony Cruz. It's David Silva, somebody like that who. Uh, hmm. feel like yeah, it's Kaká. Maybe it's Kaká. <laughs> Kaká might be. If a you bit... want someone to empty the dishwasher, it might be Kaká. Yeah. Adriano. Yeah, he's gonna be Balotelli's roommate. That's an know? interesting. That's, a, life, that's an interesting duo. It depends. Yeah, if you want a party guy or uh, someone to talk to. <laughs> Who are you going for? Well, I actually thought it was roommates as in sharing a room in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really pick one of the boys. I thought maybe Megan Rapino. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. She must be interesting to chat with. She's very interesting. She's very articulate. Exactly. I think that's actually, that's not a bad one. I, I think even she'd be a good person to live with. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I went with Sergio Ramos. That's good boy. I feel like he'd bring a level of glamour to the house mm. that I couldn't necessarily he would bring. constantly faming himself or have a video, like a yeah. team around him. So. You'd never run out of hair product in the bathroom. No. <laughs> and I figure he's a clean guy, like he wouldn't be leaving a mess around. Yeah. But you will have 12 meter long pictures of himself <laughs> standing, like arms spread yeah. in the living room. You'd go you into like your that. bed and your bed covers and curtains mm-hmm. would yeah. just be pictures. <laughs> I, I, I imagine, I imagine Cristiano Ronaldo's got something like that. Like just his own pillows. In the house. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, Nico, I feel bad. Why? You were predicting Kovac out for so, so long. I remember we talked about it in quite some yeah. detail uh, last last season. He finally goes and then we've Benny on to talk oh, about God. it. I know. Uh, in the meantime, Hansi Flick is in charge. Uh, two wins from two. It looks like he might have the job. He's the best coach Bayern has ever had. That's apparently how Bayern looks at it right now. 100% success rate. Right? 100%. <laughs> so yeah, he has a job for now. Um, but I don't think that he... He he would have to win the Champions League, basically the treble, to, to be able to keep the job over the summer. But is that the latest now that they're going to let him keep it yeah. until the end of yeah. the summer? Yeah. I Well, they're going to try the it. Next summer. Yeah. They're going to try it, but I feel like um, it's it's a risky move by Bayern because I think um, that there still is a lot of potential that it goes south again. And then you have to look for another coach again this season and there's nobody to fill in from uh, the inside. So... It's a it's a bold move, but it was the only move Bayern could make at the moment because Asen Wenger, we all saw how that went down. And yeah, what happened there? Because it's, it's, it's conflicting reports. Wenger said one thing, Bayern said another well, thing. Well, apparently, apparently, look, at this point, everybody has stated different opinions and different different ways how it went down. I think we can agree on from what we heard that basically Bayern tried to call Asen Wenger. He called them back. Um, 
he they told him look we would be interested in signing you but only for six months so till the summer he said I have no interest in that and Bayern then said Asenbenga called us we told him we don't have interest oh. yeah they just wanted to get it out there first they didn't look like they're the ones who got rejected <laughs> that is such a Bayern thing it to is do it's unbelievable Bayern. the I, ego and the pride just couldn't yeah. be hurt <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of House of Cards recently and I know all about controlling the narrative. Yeah. Uh, you know? It's that the is, thing though is, is Bayern tries to control the narrative and <laughs> fails horribly since like two years now. Mm-hmm. So. I made it to season six. I don't know if anybody else made it to season six. No. Oh. Kevin Spacey. No. Did you actually watch season six? Yeah, I've made it to season oh. six. I've only got like three episodes left. God, don't watch them. I made it. No, I barely not, made it to season three. I no, think. I need to. Know, yeah, I need stop. to know. That's good. Yeah. That's it. No, I need to know what happens. Oh, you better. Is there actually a house of cards in it? That's all I have to say. <laughs> I clearly haven't watched the show. Sacred false advertising. Yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. <laughs> this is what an international break does to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of well-placed journalists are saying Maurizio Pochettino is the next man to take over. So, I mean, at the moment, he still has a job, right? The, the moment we were recording this, he still mm. has a job. So, um, but he would definitely be on the list if he would be available. Bayern is clearly going to look for a manager that um, leads them into a new direction. They didn't play the possession-based controlling football they'd love to play in the last few years. And they clearly need a manager that, that uh, has a structured idea that knows what he wants. So I'd say he's on the list with names like Erich ten Haag from Amsterdam and uh, Nico Kovac, uh, Nico Kovac and Thomas Tuchel. Definitely not Nico Kovac. Nico Kovac is on no short list anymore. Yeah. But um, if Pochettino actually is free in the summer, then he could be num- on number one spot in that race for the job, I think. He yeah. might be free after the West Ham game. Sounds mm. like it. Probably yeah, so. You, you know, when the Brazilian season starts, we always do that bet. You know, everybody chooses the team that they think is going to win, the ones that are going to Libertadores, the one to be relegated, and the first coach to be sacked. And I think we should do this bet, like Pochettino or mm. Unai Emery or... Um, Who's going to be the first one sacked of those? I think we should bet on that. Hmm. God, I'm trying to think now. I'd probably go with Pochettino, actually. Oh, yeah. After well, do you want to... Well, we were going to talk about it a bit later, but you might as well detail it now. Since well, yeah, I don't want to step on your order of things. No, 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 no. Go with it. It makes sense now. Talk about it. Um, the, for the Pochettino, I, I think... Because the, the background is that there were reports in the Telegraph today that he's got one... Basically, he's got one game to yeah, save Yeah, he's got career. one game to save himself. And we spoke about this very, uh, very briefly earlier. It has come to a point where he's kind of outweighing all the good things he did. So yes, you know, in the space of five years, took Tom to challenge for the title, Champions League final. But this season, why other teams are making improvements around him or continuing to build, it's fallen off for Spurs and they're in 14th. And it's that kind of... it's sort of completely forgetting what's happened over the last few years and basically it's just not good enough at the moment and it's not like it's the first three or four games no it's it's looking they're falling further and further behind and I think not just necessarily in the league but as a club as well I think in terms of signings in terms of attracting players and what it means is that oddly enough Spurs are looking less and less attractive but Pochettino isn't and that's where the decision comes that he is still a hot property, Bochettino. Like, you don't, if think, you don't s- think his reputation has taken a kicking? I don't think yet. Okay. 
And this is where he decides, do I walk now or do I not? Do I look like I've, you know, because he's always talked about loyalty. He turned down Real Madrid and signed a new contract at Spurs about 18 months ago. Does he leave now and look disloyal and look like he's just abandoned a sinking ship because he wants to save himself? Does he wait to be sacked if Daniel Levy is going to sack him? If he knows that the likes of Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Man United are interested in him, then he must be doing a pretty good job. Like, I can't think of any other manager that would leave a team in lower to mid-table and go up. And still go up, you know, in, in terms of to a club the size of, you know, Bayern Munich. So it's an opposition, but I think Daniel Levy is the one who's got to make the major call and he's in pretty much similar position to Bayern. Do you go for a short-term guy now to the end of the season? Or do you wait? And it could be catastrophic for Spurs this season. Do you get someone in to rebuild? Mm. It's it's yeah. What would you do? Well, I'm I'm still going to back Pochettino because it's been the best five or six years of my life supporting Spurs. So I understand if he went, I'd be like, okay, I kind of get it. Um, but for me, there's more problems at the club in the boardroom from, from Daniel Levy and so on and so forth than just to pin it all on Pochettino. But as I mentioned before, it's the easiest thing to sack one guy yeah. rather than sack the whole team or the whole board. Joanna? Would you sack Pochettino at this stage? I think we would like part ways in good terms, as people put it sometimes, but probably, you know, after a few more defeats and may, not, doesn't look as bad for either the club or the or the coach. Mm. So I think it would. that's more or less what's mm. bound to happen. Okay. Uh, back to Bayern for a second, Nico. Uh, can you explain why Dortmund are so bloody terrible when it goes to Bayern? <laughs> no. It's no. unbelievable. What it's is unbelievable. it, 23 goals against in the last five games? And Yeah, and the, the thing is that it's uh, every, even though it is always, they always get better there, it's always a different game because they lost 5-0 last season where it was a bit of a freakish result to a game that they shouldn't have lost that high. Now in this game, they did not shoot on goal. Like, at all mm. <laughs> just, they just basically didn't compete um, and it's it's been dif different reasons in every single game and I honestly cannot explain it but um, this team uh, on the weekend was clearly lacking the fight they they, they, wow. they were down after the second goal they basically gave up they gave up and Mats Hummels was the, the only one to fight and he then scored an own goal and then we all <laughs> and then you know if that happens then yeah I did feel sorry when I saw that he scored yeah. an own goal it's, it's, it's classic it's yeah. a classic for this, this game and um, Mats, there was this one situation where Mats Hummels pounds his chest on the Dortmund uh, emblem and, and the badge and points at his teammates and like tries to get them emotionally involved and there's no reaction from anybody and seeing that was I have a bad feeling with the team chemistry there right now we should add Lucien Favre to the list of the bets yeah but he sees apparently he's allowed to stay till the winter till the winter winter break yeah mm. so apparently he has that that time left I think it might be Emery in answer to your question but then we're going to get to that we're going to get to that in a bit anyway uh, something interesting happened with the Freiburg coach did you yeah. want to talk it through oh, what an actor right <laughs> <laughs> so they were playing against my team out of Frankfurt so I'm trying not to be too biased here yeah. uh, what happened was that Frankfurt was down one player and 1-0 in the 19th minute and um, it was actually from Frankfurt's point of view very unlucky they were even though they played one half with 10 men they were The better, the better team and it was an emotional game was quite heated and in the 94th minute or something like that um, the ball goes 
rolls in this in the uh, over the outline towards the Freiburg coach who lets it pass obviously he's not going to speed up the game at that point and the Frankfurt center back David Abraham sprints towards him to get the ball David Ab uh, then coach Christian Streich makes a little step to the right in the way of David Abraham who sees it and let's be honest here he takes opportunity and <laughs> completely body checks him like honestly proper body check proper body check he mm. was Christian Streich was basically vertical in the air for, for like two seconds. <laughs> his feet were on the same height as his head. Um, Abraham obviously got a red card. Afterwards, the be both benches exploded. Uh, Freiburg's Grifo, who was already subbed out at that point, got a red card uh, for, for, for grabbing Abraham's face. He was trying to pull his face off somehow. And it was an emotional scene. And it led to German football fans trying to make David Abraham the worst person on the world the next two days. And it was an interesting time, especially for a Frankfurt fan, because I got plenty of DMs on Instagram and Twitter that felt like I was David Abraham. Like, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, People were sliding in the DMs? Yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. Insults and like uh, ah. telling us that we were like a... Come on, know, people. Butcher, butcher team, basically. And it was interesting. Interesting weekend. I don't know why people would bother complaining to you. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Have a word. Like, what can I say? <laughs> I, 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 once, I once. I, I have a word, Nico. Yeah. I stated in. I stated in a video that I think that Christian Streich, the coach, um, basically it's 95% Abraham, 5% Streich. Yeah. And saying that he is five, it's 5% his fault apparently was was too much for most people. Too much. <laughs> uh, your best friend Gnabry, of course, part of the German squad. Yes. Uh, and shockingly, they're not top of their qualification group. They are not, but they will be. I got, yeah. I'm not worried. Okay. Not Any worried. talking points ahead of these games? Honestly, no. I feel like... The jersey, maybe? Jersey, is, it's a new Adidas jersey. I think it is actually um, the third good-looking German, uh, Germany, Germany jersey in a row, which must be a new record for Adidas. You're going to get some DMs for that. Uh, you, should, you should get some stick for that one, because the, the arms are terrible. Yeah. Not, not a fan and of the stripes are all over the place. Not a fan of, of like the arms, the, the sleeves, I'm not going to lie, yeah, but... Besides that, the only talking point I would like to raise is I think that Yogi Löw is going to try to put Schalke Suat Zerda in a central position in midfield and going to try to build him up as the new uh, central piece of the German national team. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I have a feeling because there's no other explanation that he nominates him the fourth uh, time in a row or third time in a row. Yeah. Actually plays him too. And he's a bit, he looks like he could become what Emre Can wanted to be. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ireland are playing New Zealand. Cool. You'll all be delighted to know. With uh, uh, Troy Parrott. Oh, yeah. So he's is, is, uh, going to start. Yeah. One of your... your Exciting uh, times, yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's getting games somewhere because he's not at Spurs. I'd love to see him get more time at Spurs. Yeah, it's getting a bit silly. Him and uh, a few other prospects are always in the Spurs squads or yeah. training with them or traveling with the team mm. and then never play. And because they're traveling with the team, they're then not in the youth team either. So they're in this space in between where they're not getting any minutes and it's it's frustrating. Sack Pochettino. That's <laughs> the only way to it. Uh, so today is Wednesday, three days since Man City's defeat to Liverpool. So you, you reckon Pep has calmed down just yet? Or is there still, uh, sort of, is there still steam coming out of his ears? Uh, yeah, you never know. He, he's sort of maybe just still locked in his in his office figuring out what to do next I reckon he is annoyed 
I reckon the problem with it is these days is that you can never escape it. You just go online and someone would have posted about it or mm. someone will have another say yeah. or he'll have some sort of media thing and someone will bring it up again. Yeah. He, so it, he didn't get sanctioned for it because no. usually in England they get sanctioned for everything. Too mm. funny. It was too funny to be sanctioned. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, when Pep goes crazy, it's it, it's hilarious. It yeah. Is. And I, I, I Club's think... frightening. Guardiola's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would be, it would send the wrong message in such a big game because everyone's talking about how emotional it is and the top yeah. two teams, and yeah, it would send the wrong message. Was he right to be so angry, Matt? You think? Now, if you can explain oh, one of the complications to go with it, that'd be great. Yeah, to go. Um, I think the problem is, and I've said it all along with VAR and all the rules. There's just a complete lack of clarity. And that, that, that's what really annoys people. If there was some obvious reasoning that you could explain really quickly to Pep or you could say afterwards as to why it wouldn't work, it would make it a little bit easier. The whole rule with the handball in the penalty box, for example, that it would go against an attacker and not a defender. That's just the most bizarre thing ever. Mm. If an Welcome attacker to the touches it, world of VR. Yeah. we had that for some years in Germany. But, but, but the thing is, that's not even VAR. That's the rule. VAR just helps to identify it. So in the build-up to um, where they identify it and where they don't identify it, it, it's a complete clusterfuck. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, as, as I say, with um, Bernardo Silva handballing, it would have been brought back for a handball had it led to a goal-scoring opportunity or goal. But Trent Alexander-Arnold's handball in the penalty wouldn't. So it, it doesn't make any sense mm. at all, even though it allowed Liverpool to win the ball back and then, you know, for me, I scored 10 seconds later. I think he's got a right to be annoyed, Guardiola, but I also think for the majority, they need to look at themselves because Liverpool were better and deserve to win. Ah, Pep has lost more away games in all competitions at Anfield than any mm. other stadium in his managerial career. Anyone have a theory why that might be? Because Liverpool really good. Oh, I yeah. think I think <laughs> that's co- no, co- uh, competitive Nate like in, in the other leagues that he was yeah. in he never had somebody who was like, as competitive I can't except think except Madrid the, uh, yeah, the only place he'd have a worse record would be at Real and Barca were dominant over Real in those years apart from the one that Mourinho won and um, Dortmund uh, at Bayern yeah, and those are the only places that he was going to suffer a terrible record so it's just the fact that Liverpool he's come across a team that are actually better than him now oh okay Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did say last week that this wasn't going to decide the title race. Do you reckon the nature of the win, though, changed that around? Because Liverpool were, they were evidently much better. Mm. Um, I think more so for the rest of the season, rather than being in direct competition to each other, it shows that Liverpool can handle pressure, handle big games mm-hmm. um, and, you know, consistently put a run of form together and play really, really well. It's not that for the return leg, for example, the second game, whenever that is, Man City won't go into it thinking we lost, you know, they're going to batter us. They'll go in with the same attacking principles that Guardiola always has and Man City will be trying to win and, you know, nine times out of ten they would have won the games between now and then. But I, I think it shows mentally to Liverpool, to themselves that they are ready now to go on and win a title, much rather than just what it means for between the two of them. City down to fourth, nine no. points behind. Mm. Sack Pep. Sack Pochettino. <laughs> Sack Pep. Get Swap them. Away. We'll take Pep. Swap they can take Pochettino. <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, Man City have won 25 points from 12 Premier League games this season. The lowest ever total by Pep Guardiola's uh, side at this stage of a top flight campaign. 
Ooh. Ooh. That's what people usually say, right? That it's tougher than bringing you to the top is to keep yourself mm. at the top. Mm. So I think it's more or less like that. It's I know a lot that myself. Of... I know that from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot about motivation as well. Like, okay, they haven't won the Champions League, but you know, last year they were completely dominant in the in the Premier League. Even though Liverpool was right behind, it didn't seem like they were going to lose that. So. They might. He might also tell Gundogan when he's going to clear the ball, clear it properly. And don't just, you know, five meters away and tell Kyle Walker to keep his head screwed on. Yeah. I thought you were going to say tell Kyle Walker to go back to the goal. Well, that wouldn't be the worst idea either. Uh, Ian Wright, who is doing Celebrity Jungle. Yes, he is. That would be the worst of the programs that you have, like those celebrity programs. That's when you know, what's the opposite of made it? Lost it. Yeah, that's when you know you've lost it. <laughs> but imagine, like, you have to go into the jungle and you have to eat all that food. Well, hey, Redknapp enjoyed it last year and he won. You can, you can also just go and win. refuse to eat it. Everybody's going to hate you there, but you can just, you can literally just go there and sit it out. But for you like know 10 what days. they give them? They give them like beans and, and rice. Is the, is it daily? No, yeah, but the, the daily, the daily food is beans and rice, I think, and yeah. everything else is just like challenges. And you can just say no. That means that nobody else gets any good food. But, but then no one would. Oh, no, is that how pu- it works? Yeah, but the I public so, yeah. vote for who does it. Right. So if Ian Rice says no, the public aren't going to vote him to the next trial because it'll be boring. Well, actually. Brazilians well, okay, would love be, it. We have been, deep dive. Yeah. Brazilians would love it. We have beans and rice every day. Hmm. But not the, the, it's the other weird stuff that they had to eat. Yeah, no, no. But like, I think beans and rice they, are okay. Yeah, I think once they had to eat like a kangaroo penis and stuff like that. Not once. <laughs> what? That happens every year. Oh, that happens yeah. every year? There's, there's like testicles okay. and all sorts. I'm not as, as attuned to the world of reality celebrity mm. TV, unfortunately. Yes. Anyway, he tweeted, one shot on target, two wins uh, in 10 in the league. No definitive style or plan. Negative goal difference. No improvement in the events. Not creating anything. And yet, Unai Emery has 100% backing of the board from mm. David Arnstein. Via David Arnstein. How? Because they got hammered at the weekend. Yeah, they did. I, I think that really as we spoke about last week, emphasise the, the golfing class and like how, how times have changed with Leicester. I think the problem is that if there's no clear and obvious way forwards, they're probably quite hesitant to sack the manager they got now. I see those of people saying, oh, get rid of him. Let's get in Freddie Lundberg. He knows the club, all this and that. I mean, whoop de do. There's like thousands of players who know the club from their previous time. Yes, he was part of the Invincibles, but if you're not trusting... You know, a manager who's won continental titles, like, you know, Emery has, and you're going to throw it to an assistant, if things really go bad, and there's a reason why he's an assistant, then you've only got yourselves to blame. So I think that would be very, very sort of knee-jerk to fire him, bring in Freddie Lundberg. The same thing goes for the players. I don't think they're good enough, but are you really going to buy a whole new squad in January? Probably not. Exactly. So, I mean, they're in a position that, you know, it's not unique to Arsenal. Those are teams face it. Uh, Mark Brokos emailing in saying, Matt, what are the lottery numbers? I listened to the podcast after the after the weekend's games and your Leicester prediction was spot on. Yeah, what are the lottery? I don't even play the lottery. Can we even play the lottery in Germany? Do they have yes. the lottery here? No, no, I've but I believe if you, you win it and you're not a citizen, you don't get it. How would that be any anyhow upholdable to European law? Of course you can win the lottery in Germany. I've never played the lottery in my life. Okay, so maybe I'm thinking about in, in America. Like if you're just on holiday in America, buy a ticket, it's, win 300 million and then go back to Europe, they're like, well, no, no, no. That sounds like an America thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Wouldn't it be annoying, wouldn't it? You win yeah. 300 million and you can't have it. Yeah. That's my question is, that would you rather win like 20 million or like f 7K per month? Is that, is that the thing in Germany? You? you can win yeah. a thing called sofort rente. Right. And that's basically, I think it's actually 10K per month. And I think that is a better way to do it. Yeah, I mean, then you can like control that's, yourself. No, but that's only 120,000 a year. Yeah, but you... you And how long? How many? But how, how much do you need per month? Do you get yeah. it to the equivalent of 20? So you got to get 10 years to, or you got to get well, you get it for the rest of your take life. 10 years yeah, to get to you, a million. But if you get like 10 million and you put it in an investment, you can just take 10. Yeah, but realistically, are you going to put in it in days? <laughs> that's My the investment is going to be a yard. I'm yeah. going to be <laughs> able well, to. Well, but then to, that's your problem. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I'm going for the millions. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. I think I'm going for the Screw millions. Screw it. I'm taking the monthly thing. Uh, so, Matt, we were talking ahead of the England game, mm. and we were both like, there's not much to talk about for these <laughs> two games. No. Then along came Raheem Sterling. Yeah. He heard us. He knew that there was nothing to talk about. Bloody hell. So we decided to go Catwoman. What, what a story this is. Andre Gomez. Yeah, I, I think having looked at the evidence in the last few days... Yeah. And the fact that the players have obviously reacted, they're quite upset that Sterling's been dropped. It does seem like someone let the cat out of the bag and it's not that big a deal. Okay. I feel like it happens all the time. People oh, it definitely this happens all the time. I, know, I am amazed the that fact, the story got so big. I know. And it's the fact that Southgate came out and spoke about it and had to speak about it and then also banned him for a game that kind of blows it out of proportion because, yeah, I mean, these fights and this kind of training ground scuffles happen all the time. And yeah, it shouldn't be such a big deal. Remember basically. Real Madrid and, and Barcelona when, you know, Guardiola was there and they were afraid, they faced each other four times in 18 days. Mm. And, you know, Mourinho had this thing that, that Barcelona was the devil. And so they get it into this player's mind and people were scared about uh, the Spanish team. Nothing happened. Everything went fine. Yeah. Casillas and Xavi are best friends until today. You know, you fight on the pitch and then you move on. Yeah, and I think... I think, uh, according to reports, Joe Gomez was laughing in the cafeteria. So Sterling went over. Imagine that, laughing. Manhandled him. I mean, he probably was laughing at the result. But th this is the thing, like, I fully expect, I think players should as well, like, if that happens on Monday, there's definitely going to be a bit of banter. Like, City and Liverpool have just played each other. Yeah. You walk in there, like, I'm, I, you're not going to, like, completely destroy somebody in front of the whole cafeteria. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm sure someone would have a dig at someone else and you'd be like, oh, I'll get you next time and have a bit of a laugh. Like, you know, these guys are professional footballers. They, right. they should be used to this kind of stuff. I'm surprised Sterling is so mentally tough. Yeah. And, and he's had to the, put up with so much shit. I'm surprised about yeah. him. After the year he's had where he's been unbelievable with on and off the pitch and everything yeah. he's done, it does seem a bit of a blip, sort of unsterling-like. But like you mentioned it, emotions got the better of him. He's definitely not the first player for that to happen to. Um, no. I so mean, yeah. who was it? Was it Georgie Ketsbaya that kicked somebody in the face? Remember John Hartson? There was all there. Yeah, every, everyone's been this fighting. all the time. Like, yeah. people, you know, I, I said, if he two-footed him in training and then Sterling turned around, then yeah, I'd get it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure these fights happen way more than you think. Poor yeah. Joe Gomez. Yeah. <clears throat> nah, a, it'll a, be all right. Such a nice, likeable lad. Um, anything to say about who will come in to replace Sterling or <laughs> probably Oxlade-Chamberlain, something like that? 
Uh, yeah, or if Jaden Sancho is injured, isn't it? That's everything that he wants to be replaced by a Liverpool player. <laughs> yeah, that'll make it better. But, but I, mean, I, I mean, what's funny is they kind of backtrack to now he's training with the squad and he'll be fine for the Kosovo game. It's just the Montenegro game on Thursday. Um, that he's I, I have a feeling four. they'll be okay without him. I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine. They'll just throw someone else in there. I don't know, maybe play without him. God, it feels like England plays Montenegro like four times a year. It does feel like that, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure England, it'll be nothing. Okay, well. Yeah. We can move on then. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the game of the week takes place, you might be surprised to hear this, in Riyadh in the King Saud University Stadium. Brazil-Argentina. Yeah. Always nice to watch. Is this going to be, like, given the circumstances, it's a friendly, it's not in Brazil or Argentina, you reckon it's a feisty affair or will players keep their emotions in check? No, I think that's... Uh, they'll keep their emotions okay because it's also more or less of a new squad like not a new but Brazil has a few new players and you know Argentina is also in the process of changing the squad so I think there's no hard feelings from Copa America or from anything else maybe that's a shame yeah, maybe. I like when there's messy. a bit of bitterness there, you know, a bit of anger on either side. They'll still want to beat each other. It's Absolutely. still Brazil. Oh, always. <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're not playing with our best squad because yeah. Neymar is out and some players are not called. Because I don't know if you guys know, but the Brazilian League doesn't stop on the international breaks. And mm-hmm. we have, uh, I think, five or six games ahead. So uh, they decided not to call anyone from the Brazilian national team. I think that's fair enough, no? It, very fair, but yeah. it should be like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, actually, the, the, Tite usually calls br- players from the Brazilian League and just leaves them in the bench while they're missing the important games in the league. But, you know. Says a bitter Flamengo fan. Yeah, yeah it's friendlies. <laughs> They're supposed they 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 say that in the friendly they're supposed to test options. You know, put Neymar on the bench for a while. No, Neymar's always playing. So I think they know already what Neymar could do. I think they could probably take a rest. Yeah, yeah Neymar's not playing this no, one because he's injured. But you know, uh, I think it's it's a though. it's a good opportunity to actually do some tests. Yeah. So let's like, see how that goes. And like Matt says, Messi's back. Yeah, that might that's a quite of a, a good element to have on the pitch. Also, yeah. like in the. What he had he retired? I can't keep track of all his retirements. Yeah, what he'd retired sometimes. The last one and or what then, happened? Uh, or? No, he got suspended because oh. they played Brazil in the semi-final of the Copa America, and he was a bit pissed about some VAR decisions throughout the whole tournament. Then, oh yeah, he went off on one and accused yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he got a red card in the third place match against Chile, and yeah. he just let it all out. We think Messi's this really cute you know, Asperger guy that doesn't say anything against anyone ever. Well, he let it out. So he was suspended for, I think, three matches. So he's coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, surprised he didn't retire as a reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> Red card. I'm retiring, guys. I'm out. Yeah, I'm see, you, see you in three matches. The world is against me here. Consider me retired for three mm-hmm. matches. Uh, and he could be playing alongside our new favorite player, Lartoro Martinez. Yes, he could. He could. They've played a few matches together, but uh, Martinez, well, he's been the main guy in Argentina for since the World Cup, since uh, Scaloni took over. And he was the main guy since Messi didn't play for the, this past, I think, four matches that Messi was absent. Mm. And he scored a hat-trick against Mexico. Even if it was a friendly, you know, it's still Mexico. It's not, you know, like Qatar or anything. It's, it's not Ireland. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it would be interesting to see if they're starting together and you know how that relationship will evolve well let's hope he likes him more than he likes Dybala I hope so apparently uh, now for Brazil no Ederson no Ederson so Alisson remains number one yeah. Alisson remains number one anyway I think though no? I think so okay. it's a tough choice but uh, he's a little bit ahead I think I think that going back to the roommates thing Alison would be good. No, he's like a car. Everything is God and thank God. And like he wins a title. It's not because he's a good player. He's trained the whole year. It's because of God. So I don't think he'll be a Danny Sturridge used to I don't want to put up with that. Yeah, no, that's too that much would be fear. very annoying. No, but he looks like well, a nice, he looks like a nice dude. I feel like he'd cook me dinner. I don't know. Maybe not. Or at least he'd pay for a chef. <laughs> yeah. At the very least. Um, and Rodrigo's in the squad. Yes, for the Has first he, time in the main squad. Oh, he's he's never made it. He hasn't played for Brazil before. No, just under 23, 21. He's 18. It's just 18. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I can't keep up with all of these young <laughs> players. Uh, are we going to see something of him? I hope so. I hope so. Like I tell you, like, like I told you, they tell they always get these new guys and put them on the bench. And, you know, 10 minutes to the end of the match, they go in and barely touch the ball. But since they don't have other players in the Brazilian league, they don't have Neymar, that's the chance we have to see Rodrigo. And I really do hope he plays. Is um, can I, is yeah. Vinicius part of his squad? Whoa. Vinicius is not. I, so that is, yeah. because Matt made the, 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 you put up, what do you say? Like, your idea is that basically Rodrigo already ended Vinicius' career. And it yeah. sounds like it. I, Wherever Vinicius goes, they'll be like, there's one guy a year younger than you who's better. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, it, that's life, uh, yeah. Vinicius, I would say. <laughs> it yeah. gives this impression because they more or less had the same track. Yeah. You know, they were bought like in, in at 17 years old, went to the mm. club at 18, were supposed to start in, in Real Madrid-Castilla and then made their way in the team and now in the main 11, scoring hat-tricks and everything. But the thing is, the, who ended, well, didn't end, you know, because he's still 19 years old, yeah. but who is uh, a stone in his shoe right now is Hazard because mm. he plays in the same position. Yeah. And Zidane, sometimes when he puts him on, he puts him in the right wing, which is not his position, so he hasn't been playing very well. Mm. Hmm. So yeah. it's Hazard's fault. And in the right wing, it's Rodrigo's place, so if Vinicius is not well, that's Rodrigo's. Wow. Imagine your career being over like that. That's crazy, and you're 19 years old. 19 years mm. old. Career well, it was nice it. while he was good. I enjoyed him last season. No, he's really good. I really hope he plays Boss. well. But in the Brazilian national team, he also has the competition of Neymar. So it was really good when he did get called. He was, I think it was after the Ajax match that Real Madrid lost, but he tried everything and he got injured at the last minute. So he got cut off from the national squad and I don't think he's ever played the full match in the Brazilian main team. So I hope that doesn't so, happen to Rodrigo. So he technically he he hasn't registered as a Brazilian player. Like could could he still play for Ireland? I think he played a few matches, a few minutes, but not a full match. Oh, but that you know, counts. does that count? But you know, Diego Costa mm. did that. Like Escolari uh, was the coach at the mm. time, and he put Diego Costa for two minutes at the end of a match just so that he wouldn't turn Spanish. Then he appealed to FIFA, and FIFA said, "No, you can still play." That's what Martin O'Neill was meant to do with. Bloody Declan Rice. So, you know, you still have a chance. Yeah. Okay. Now, in case you didn't know, the end of the decade is coming. Yes. And it's time to uh, to to get to the, the, the main meat of today's podcast. Um, so before we sat down today, I, I gave each of these these three the task of picking their uh, 11 of the decade with one caveat. 
you could I could only have one of Ronaldo or Messi. <laughs> I was originally going to make it that you couldn't pick Ronaldo or Messi. <clears throat> Uh, nah, but no, you, you've got one of them. So I figure the best way to do this is we'll go with goalkeepers, then we'll go with the defenses from from each of you. Then we'll do our midfields, and then we'll yeah. do our all forwards. Right. Okay. Yeah, good. Um, Joanna, you can go first with your keeper because I feel like we might all actually have the same. Yeah, keeper. Have to agree on that, I think. Manuel Neuer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Manuel Neuer. <laughs> I, I mean, that's who I have down to. Given, okay, last few seasons haven't been great. But the way he revolutionized keeping at the early exactly. start of the of this season. And he won everything. He won win. everything, yeah. So. It's, it's a no-brainer. Okay. Uh, some of the guys in the office also did this. Uh, I'm not going to name any names. Some people had De Gea down. Ah, come on. Jesus. Leave me alone. Any serious challengers for Neuer then? Uh, Buffon maybe? Buffon, I think. Would have been yeah. the only one. But again, yeah. Buffon, maybe his better years were... The, you know the last decade I honestly think well, he has like three or four decades that we can choose from <laughs> yeah, right yeah. that's true I, I honestly yeah. think it's very tough to find a real com- competitor for Neuer yeah. look De Gea maybe looking back at his career maybe yeah mm. but not looking at back to from 2010 actually Neuer started in 2010 World Cup too I yeah. just don't yeah. think you can I would still pick Casillas over De Gea well that's yeah, interesting yeah I think Casillas yeah yeah maybe yeah, okay, but we're all agreed on Neuer. Now, yeah. now it gets interesting. Now they get, yeah. that was pretty easy. I'm playing four in the back, I'm just going to say it. Oh, yes, I've also gone 4 3 3. Yeah, me too. 4 4 yeah. 2. 4 3 3. You've gone 4 4 2. Well, you could say 4 2 2 2. Oh, don't get too technical. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, so I've, mine's 4 1 4 3 1 2. Oh, Lord, I got oh, lost already. Lord. All right, all right. Let's, let's, let's just clarify that then. I've gone 4 3 3. 4 4 2. 4 3 1 2. Four three three. Classic Dutch influence on us. Uh, Nico, give us your backline. Um, as a left back, I have to give it to Mama and Philip Lam. Still, what? Yes, yes, I know. But I as made the research. I did the research, and he has, like Manonoya, won everything. Mm. Won everything. Um, collected a bunch of German German national uh, uh, titles. I think it's fair enough. Center back Chiellini, one of the most consistent center backs of this of this decade. Uh, Boateng would have been considered, but on the, since Ramos has to be in there, um, it's Chiellini and Ramos, and Dani Alves as the right back. And I think that's Dani why Alves, you put Philip Lai on the left side because yeah, you can't put him in the right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and no, no Hummels. No, no. Oh wow! No, you made an interesting point about Boateng when we were when we were talking about this. That you s- <laughs> when well, he ahead, fell on the pitch with his ass on the floor after Messi dribbled him, yeah. you can't really pick him. It ended I'm sorry. Mm. Now the thing is with Boateng probably had the highest spike. I think there was a time where he was much better than other the other center backs in the world, but he also fell off just as quick as he yeah. got there. You, I, I. Just retire after that. Like, I'm sorry I got injured. I can't play anymore. That's it. You don't go back into the pitch my soul. after that. Yeah. I can't play anymore. Ouch, Matt, my pride. Matt, your back line? <laughs> um, yeah, right back, Dani Alves. Um, Sergio Ramos in the middle for the same reasons that Nico said. Um, I go with John Terry. What? Alongside Sergio John Ramos. John Terry? Yeah. <laughs> Holy I, shit. I, I, I figured, much like with Chiellini in terms of consistency... Um, as captain of Chelsea, playing almost every single game. As a person, I would put him nowhere near any team of mine. This is strictly as a footballing centre-back. Won absolutely everything in club football, including the UEFA Cup this decade. Um, And the penalty kicker of the team, right? 
Ah, that was last decade. Remember when he slipped? Oh, that's true. That's true. Last decade. Smart. Saved himself there. So since 2010, yeah. Won absolutely everything. And has been absolute legend and incredibly consistent, even up to like age 35, 36 at Chelsea. Ridiculous. So yeah, I've gone in there and then Marcelo left back because not only has he won a ridiculous amount, he's possibly the best defender in history to have never defended. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how I put Marcelo. That's to just that's consistently attack and then never actually do what he's supposed to do. So I love him, Marcelo. I think he's brilliant and yeah, fantastic. Okay. Uh, Joanna? Well, Dani Alves and Marcelo, I think we have absolutely no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Sergio Ramos also, mm-hmm. like I think he's in everyone's team. And my last choice was hard, but Diego Godin. I think he's oh. very underrated. Yep. He didn't win everything, but that's because he played in Atletico most of the time. You were trying to but say he's won nothing. He no, won the league. league. He won the, he won the league. Two Champions League finals. And I think Europa League also. Yeah. But the thing is, he's very consistent yeah. and he is reliable. People are going to ask why you didn't choose Van Dijk. Because he's been good for about 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so look back at some of his Southampton Choose him in the highlights. next decade. Yeah, yeah. In the next but decade, maybe Van Dijk. Actually, but. probably not because he's 28. He, he is a, he's very unlucky. The, well, this but Terry got picked at 35 or something. No, so. no, no. But he was like 27 at the beginning of the decade. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right. But yeah, the whole thing with like recency bias, I'm sure Liverpool fans will be going nuts here. No. Yeah, Salah and Mane, and they've been good for about nah. two, two and a bit years. I mean, it doesn't quite count for the whole decade. And yeah. no, I thought Rafael Varane might have got a shout. He was in my. I considered him, yeah. but I didn't. I had to pick Ramos, and I did not want to pick the. And Varane's won everything. Yeah, yeah but I, mean, also yeah. Had, I already had Ramos, who has won everything too. Yeah. in this decade, and I felt like <clears throat> he's better than Varane. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because you can't forget that the Spain World Cup was 2010. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it just yeah. creeps inside yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, midfield. This is no, where it you gets... didn't say your. Oh, I didn't get. Well, it's all very similar to what you guys did. I have Alves, Ramos, Marcelo. And I th- I've cro- I've written down three names for my other centre back. <laughs> Can I have but one? <laughs> I think I might go for Bonucci. Oh, okay. That's not too controversial. Chiellini, maybe. Oh, I, I mean, Chiellini's just prefer, a better I still Bonucci. Yeah. <laughs> I, was going to say I know, but I like something about Bonucci. <laughs> okay, you know. Fair enough. I, I had scribbled it out and written Hummels underneath, and then Boateng. Yeah. yeah. And then I, t- I came in and I John, said no. John O'Shea. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's get to uh, where it gets really interesting now. Is the midfield, Matt? You can kick this one off. Oh, I've gone with the midfield three. Um, it's going Andres Iniesta, possibly one of the best midfielders of all time. Luka Modric, purely for the fact that Modric was unbelievable for Real Madrid's, you know, high seasons. Um, and the only man who's not Messi or Ronaldo to win the Ballon d'Or. So that's surely worth something. Um, and alongside them, David Silva. What? Wow. Yeah. David Silva. Absolutely. He's not even the best midfielder at City insane what he has done this decade he's possibly ah, one of the yeah. best foreign Premier League players ever I hope people slide into your DMs yeah by, all, yeah, by all means show me how David Silva hasn't literally been at the forefront of everything good Man City have done when they've completely he's not even the best midfielder in the Premier League yeah but over the decade maybe now he's not the best midfielder in the Premier League but over this decade consistency wise unbelievable there are of course like a million people you could choose in there but I'm not choosing any people who have you know been good since 2015 that's half the decade 
Stop with the recency bias. But I'm not inviting him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> David Silva. So Silva, Modric and Iniesta. Andres Iniesta is your midfield. Yeah. There's, of course, Tony Cross as well, but I didn't want it to be a Real Madrid 11. <laughs> Joanna? I've gone all Spain. All Spain? Yes. Woo. Sergio Busquets. <gasps> yes. I'm Best glad player in Barcelona for, you know, a human player in Barcelona for the last years. Uh, Iniesta, I think he's also unanimous here, maybe. And the last minute change, Xabi Alonso. <gasps> wow. Yeah, he goes the, the previous decade as well, and he did retire a couple of years ago, but mm. still won everything you can imagine and is as consistent as ever and could be playing today. He could be playing today, next year still. He's still got, like, the physical, so... Xabi Alonso. Xabi Alonso. Was brilliant. I don't know if I can get down with Xavi Alonso. Yeah, he's, he didn't retire like three years ago or something. Still better than most. Well, still better and than he's David Silver. Half the decade. <laughs> the I seven years Busquets that he though. did, Busquets the seven seasons that he did play, I think yeah. he did better right. than David Silva. So, Nico, your midfield. Um, I don't have Iniesta. I can put it out already. So I'm oh. starting as on the right wing, and for me, the most consistent right winger over this decade was Ian Robben. I honestly think it's it's he's quite. In your, he's in your midfield. Yeah, like I said, it's, I play play two wingers, so the other the left, you know. All right, okay. um, it's a very very offensive-minded team that I have there. So it's Iron Robben. I think there's it's tough to make a case for another another uh, right wing. Um, I have Tony Kroos in midfield. Um, he has won the Champions League four times. Basically, we've we've been given it out ten times this year. Four times he took it. Uh, also won the World Cup. Incredible amount of uh, domestic cups. So for me, it was Modric or Kroos. I'm German. Uh, pick Kroos next to him. Because I thought you're all picking Iniesta, I picked Xavi. Oh. I picked Xavi. Uh, yeah. I've always loved that man. I think he's incredible. And now it gets difficult. Left wing. I'm going with Neymar. I'm not a fan of Neymar. You are joking. No, I'm not. Because he had crazy he had crazy performances in great matches. Um, For how many seasons? Like, what, two seasons? No, yeah. man. Look, please your PSG. Who... <laughs> <laughs> who would you put? Who would you put here? Bad you have face. to fill in with a left hazard. Wing. Well, he be, he's already better. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Look, this is my team. Hazard. You can't, yeah, you can't fight it, guys. This is my team of the decade, and Neymar is part of it. Blow up his DMs. <laughs> get in there. Get in those DMs. I don't even think the Brazilian picked Neymar. I don't care who picks him. I do. No, I didn't. Yeah, you see, just because we don't like him, look. Appreciate greatness. Not that. I think he's really good, but I think he hasn't shown all that he can show. He he did have one amazing season by Barcelona, mm. and he did have one really good season by PSG, but as he said, on you know, in the French League, so you can't really The stats have back that. him up, though. It's got to have an asterisk beside it. The stats yeah. back him up, guys. I'm telling you. If Done. you look it up, best left winger by stats over the last decade. Find Nico on, on uh, yeah. Twitter. Go ahead. Broody Fuller. Broody Fuller. Get in there. Let him know what you really think about him <laughs> uh, my midfield was uh, Xavi and Iniesta mm, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't and, and I'm really sorry Sergio Busquets I'm really I mean it, it, it breaks my heart to not have you in there but it's got to be Kroos yeah yes I mean the key player in the German side key player Real Madrid like you say ridiculous amount of Champions Leagues yeah. Real Madrid was the most dominant team of this decade and he was one of the yeah most that, that's players. the thing you get, everyone in that team has got four Champions yeah. Leagues they started yeah, the same <laughs> starting 11 in three of the four finals yeah, and the only other one incredible. was Bale for Asensio 
apart from that, it was the same team in four finals. And key player in the German yeah, 2014 exactly. yeah. championship. So. Okay. And not only that, with the German team, we tend to forget that we're talking about third place finish in 2010 and so semi-finals and everything besides the 2018 World Cup. It was a quite strong decade. Interesting fact, the only player born in East Germany to win a World Cup. <laughs> that is right, actually. Yeah. Rostock. Everyone But, else was well, West Well, he was born on the, f on the 8th of January 1990, so technically the wall was down at that time. Ah, okay. Germany wasn't united yet, but the wall wasn't mm. there anymore, so... Not a fun fact, then. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> quite boring. <laughs> just to reiterate, then, the stipulation for them picking their team was they could only have one of Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, so the forward line, Joanna. Well, in my team, Adrian Robin plays in the attack... So he's my left winger. And you cannot leave Ibrahimovic out in the decade, right? So that made it really really easy to choose between Messi and Ronaldo because, you know, Messi doesn't like Ibra. They don't play good together. So I picked Ronaldo. What? <laughs> oh, no. You actually yeah, dropped yeah. Messi. Ian, you're in for a yeah, surprise. Yeah, because oh, they, they no. didn't work in Barcelona. They've tried. They didn't work. So I think Ronaldo is better. He's the greatest player ever. <laughs> yes, but you made us choose. And the stats, once again, speak for Cristiano Ronaldo. I thought I was picking sensible people to be on this podcast. You will be horribly surprised well, by what's I happening Well, I had to next. choose. And I couldn't leave Ibra out. But I could leave either Ronaldo or Messi. So I chose Ronaldo. There might be an argument to make that Ibra's best was... Well, before 2010? Actually, he scored more goals after the age of 30 than before. Yeah, so but he, uh, PSG just kind of killed it. Yeah. yeah. And that was about it. Matt, restore my faith in humanity. Uh, yes, I have gone with Messi. Thank you. No! Oh, thank um, you very much. I, I, it's a difficult one, but Joanna's actually talking sense because she's thinking about how the team would play. So I've gone with um, Messi in the number 10 role behind two strikers. Um, the first one, Lewandowski. Just stupid amount of goals it's absolutely stupid amount of goals there's also Sergio Aguero could have put in there and Zlatan um, Aguero yeah joined Manchester City in 2011 oh, or 12 I think he's a closeted City fan no he's just scored a stupid amount of goals in the toughest division in Best Europe I honestly think that if we put up a poll that yeah. Aguero would get quite some votes but he scored the most goals in the Premier League this decade Yeah, yeah. All right, who's your last one then? Um, who's still playing? Uh, so, my last one, controversy ensuing. Harry Kane. No, is Karen Benzema. That's not that. No, that's actually no. No, yeah. not about okay, you. That's controversial than Aguero. Because, yeah, overlooked consistency over 230 goals for Real Madrid um, since joining 10 years ago. And. Yeah, I just think the so, fact... A self, like a, non, a not so selfish player too. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that Cristiano Ronaldo took a lot of the limelight and scored so many ridiculous goals, the fact that he still managed to get goals as well, as I say, over 230 of them, is, is unbelievable. And the fact he's... I think he's about 90 off of Raul's record. And you wouldn't dare say anything bad about Raul at Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. You know, he's an absolute legend, 17 years in the first team or something like that. So, yeah, the fact that Karen Benzema could maybe cut that in half and almost get close, some more respect on him. Again, Broody Voller on Twitter is where you want to slide in. I just realized who could have played on your left-hand side instead of Neymar. Gareth Bale. I actually thought about it. Okay. I actually thought about it. I have Cristiano Ronaldo too. Okay. As my, like, like, obviously, I would have taken both. We all had. Yeah. Would have, yeah. So that's not a question. I took Ronaldo for the Champions League and the European, but it was like, it was a coin toss. Could have taken both. Um, I had Slatan in there till like minutes before we started recording, and then I went with Luis Suarez. 
<gasps> yeah, mm. I think that's Luis, not as controversial as you think. I, he, I yeah, mean, despite no, the off-field stuff I'm and the talking biting, about Ronaldo with the controversial. But you have Chiellini and Suarez in the same team. Yes, that might not work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah, no, I went with Suarez. I just think he's unbelievable. Um, he and he's what he's what now? 33, 32 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's done it till till now he has done it for 10 years consistent he has led Uruguay to heights that I hadn't seen in like decades so I just think I done it in different leagues too which mm. is always a nice exactly. sign he also won top goal scorer in La Liga like the only one in the last six years apart from Messi yeah he's the only guy to wrestle that off him so decent he's like their equivalent of Benzema both yeah. Suarez and Benzema have played like not in the limelight because of superstars but both still have ridiculous stats I went for Robin. Mm-hmm. I went for Messi. Mm-hmm. And I went for Lewandowski. Ah, yeah. That's not bad. That's no. an- anyway. Boo. <laughs> I think we all need to calm down after that. I, I certainly do. Uh, my thanks as ever to Joanna, Matt, and uh, I've written down Benny, but it's actually Nico. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to send in your team of the decade or tell Broody uh, how wrong he actually is, uh, the address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. <laughs>